What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LaFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at JevinLaFave. Find everything for the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome to the channel. And if you're just listening on all the podcast platforms, be sure to head to the YouTube and give the Left Side Heavy channel a subscribe where full video podcasts will be uploaded for another and different way to consume the episode. Today on this episode, I'm bringing on Hayden Barton. You've heard him. You love him. And if you watched episode 53, then you've watched him. Uh, we are previewing, it is the first part of the two-part series of the NFL preview show. We are doing the AFC conference and the stat leaders between the NFC and the AFC. Uh, it was a very fun episode, very, you know, informative episode. I think we, we went into decent depth on most of the teams in the NFL and uh, in the AFC, I should say. And it was just very uh, fun episode to record. So I hope you guys enjoy the listen. And be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps grow the show. And be sure just to give the uh, socials a follow, the YouTube channel subscribe. And yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. It's episode 54 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LaFave. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at JevinLaFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Left Side Heavy underscore. And if you're watching on YouTube, welcome to the channel. This will be the second video uploaded. And if you haven't visited the YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and check out our latest episode, episode 53. We did a mock draft episode, um, Left Side Heavy. Um, it would help the show out a lot, but we'd love to have you as a part of the brand. But today I welcome on probably the most recurring guest, a part of this brand, Hayden. Thank you for joining me once again. You will be on back-to-back, two-back episodes coming next week as well. But uh, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Oh, you know, man, it's fucking good. It's football season. It's time to start thinking about the future start thinking about you know just anything in the nfl related and i could not be more happy than to come on your podcast right now and talk some fucking football <laughs> Woo! <laughs> i'm a little bit hyped i don't know if you know that yeah i couldn't tell no no i couldn't tell yeah <laughs> but we are going to be previewing the afc this week all the divisions amongst the afc and we're going to go over uh, the stat leaders that are obviously won at the end of each season. We aren't going to be covering the awards, Super Bowl predictions, or the NFC. That will be the following episode next week. But, um, and we'll try our best not to spoil any of our picks for next week. But no, this is a very exciting time of the year. 
just it's it's just like you know when the leaves start falling that's how you know it's starting to get close to christmas all that sorts of stuff as soon as mock drafts come out and fantasy leagues are starting to draft and more preview shows are coming out on instagram and you know graphics are made that's how you kind of know all right it's right around the corner so no it's a very super super exciting time of year but um when you think of the afc Maybe whether from last year or going into this year, what's the first thing you think of when you think about the AFC and all the teams amongst the conference? AFC, hands down, way better conference than the NFC. A lot more challenging. And, you know, last year was a clear clear winner, you know, like the Bears, you know, getting in at eight and eight in the playoffs and yeah. the Cardinals being eight and eight as well. And then you got Miami 10 and yeah. six yeah, and they missed, you know, so it's ever, or it's been like that. I, th- I feel like ever since I've started watching more and more NFL and started looking at the pro bowl more, you know, who's won the pro bowl other than, you know, the uh, Madden one, you know, back to back to back years. And that's the AFC. Yeah. You know, AFC is just a lot more talented. They have a lot, more uh, different quarterback uh, quarterbacks and a lot more different receivers I feel like on uh, on different levels so to say no I agree whenever I think of the AFC I think about you know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just because that's a young quarterback not really rivalry because they don't have a personal rivalry with each other and Buffalo not and KC don't have any like anything against each other but it's just like which quarterback is going to pass the other right now obviously Mahomes has the torch you know like it's kind of been passed even though like with Tom Brady still in the league he still kind of runs it even though he's like 43 you know he is the reigning Super Bowl MVP and champion but everyone knows Patrick Mahomes will has the talent and the potential to ultimately pass Brady in the future but Josh Allen himself, he had a career year last year. He could have won MVP. And he's rated to have another one of those years this year. So I think that's like one storyline kind of in the AFC is like the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes kind of quote-unquote rivalry. So I, I'm really excited to see how like everything kind of plays out. And there's a lot of like young talent, especially in like the AFC East. Sticking with Josh Allen, you got Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, maybe Tua, maybe Deshaun Watson if he ultimately gets traded there. There's a lot. Rumors are heating up towards that. But they, yeah, that's what, scary. When this episode drops, he could be a Miami Dolphin. We just don't know yet. But um, no, this is it's very exciting, very exciting. Lots of young talent to emerge and a lot of breakout years um that could happen in the afc this year but shall we get started with the afc preview i think we fucking should man i I think we should actually (laughs) or do you want to you know like talk about work and landscaping and um oh in my hour and a half commute home from abbotsford this uh today yeah actually i would really love to go uh (laughs) on about that love that for you (laughs) meanwhile i got paid extra time are you still driving the truck um i wasn't but since i drove 
like kind of out of the way. I'm definitely going to mark that down for an hour there. So hopefully Kyler doesn't listen to this. It was, it was an hour. So I'm just put that on record. It was an hour out of the way. So don't come after me. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But um, we'll see. We'll get started in the AFC East. Um, so what Lovely. this what this preview show will um, basically sh- what we will be previewing is we'll just do an overall you know skim over each division amongst the AFC the East West South and North and we'll kind of judge on what we think the over unders will become whether well this is per fan duel so whether or not the Bills over under will go over 11 or under 11 or if we think it's a push if it's not a point five, and then the standings on where we think it'll finish off um there's seven there's an extra game and i think that can really judge a lot in terms of and really affect the standings but we'll start with the buffalo bills you know they had a very good year last year Obviously, Josh Allen got his massive extension. Stefan Diggs led the league in receiving yards. But when you th- Buffalo Bills, what's your initial thought and kind of your opinion on them going into this season? I mean, it's high expectation, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking of whenever I look at the Bills. You know, it's this could be their division for who knows how many years to come, right? I agree. You know, the Patriots, they could be on the rise, you know, especially with Mac Jones, seeing how good he is performing in preseason. The Dolphins might be on their way, and the Jets also might be on their way. But, you know, I think Josh Allen is the real deal. And a lot of people weren't high on him last year, you know, coming into the league – or not coming to the league, sorry, but just last year in general, you know. And I was like (sighs) – what, what is everyone on about here? Like, the guy is still super young. He is great. Uh, he has a great offensive coach in Sean McDermott. And so the Bills, it's just high expectation. You know, it's almost it's almost like Super Bowl or bust every year that Josh Allen's healthy. That's the way I see it. Yeah. I think a lot of people put – I think the expectations on young quarterbacks is ridiculous. Like – the fact that everyone's already like bailing on Tua and it's like I know he hasn't turned out the way everyone's wanted to. Dude, he's he's going into his second year in and the NFL. Players yeah. like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes ruin that for any rookie quarterback coming into the league. Because if you're not performing at an MVP level, then it's like the turnover's so high for at quarterback. Because it's such an important position. So I think everyone counted out Josh Allen because he didn't have that Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson years. Everyone kind of thought, oh, he's inaccurate. He has the arm power, but yeah, like not the accuracy. Yeah, sure, he can run, but is he disciplined with the football? Is he a pocket pass? I think last year changed that. Everyone pivoted immediately, took a 180 on him. So... I, I obviously I like Buffalo. I think it is there's their division to lose for the years to come. I totally agree with you that there. Their over under is sitting at eleven. Where do you sit on the over under there? Well, I see it like this. It's 
you tally up the six games that they have, you know, against their rivals, and then they obviously get an extra home game. So it's it's kind of a toss up, I feel like, for uh for the Bills, but I'm very confident in their over because even though their defense may not be, you know, the best or they might not even have like a good run game, I could easily see the Bills getting over 11 games. You know, they did it last year and that was with one less game. Give me an extra game and that being an extra home game. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills over, you know, right away. And that's... uh, I'm looking on FanDuel right now. You know, you can bet under and you get plus odds if you're betting. And then you get minus odds if you go over 11. But I I see there could be value in either way. Unless Josh Allen, you know, gets injured, I take the over all day. Yeah, I think think it's an easy over because even if Josh Allen gets hurt, they got Mitch Trubisky, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Even Trubisky, like having a good backup, is like it's insane actually it, it i can't describe how good having a backup actually is you know talk to yeah. the eagles you know yeah. nick Foles coming in for once yeah and i think um obviously this is a little bit different but i can relate this trubisky situation to like the Jameis situation and it's a little different because Jameis is going in to a situation where he was sitting behind like a vet like Drew Brees One whereas, of the time. whereas Josh Allen isn't necessarily at that level yet but I mean you can always bounce energy off each other right Josh Allen can always give Trubisky some pimp wisdom and like maybe turn himself around like I think Trubisky maybe just sitting behind a quarterback and kind of learning from a guy who's better than him can kind of turn a player around right Maybe give so, him a kick in the ass. Yeah, exactly. And Trubisky plays a lot similar to Josh Allen. It's just he's just a tier below, right? Yeah. A tier two below. So Double I think tiers. I think that really helps with the team when you bring a quarterback that plays a similar style because the offense doesn't necessarily lose a step. It's just on a not as good of a level. But you can still play the same type of game, just a little bit more simple. Yeah, more. I totally agree. So maybe don't necessarily stretch the field as much, but do a little bit more dump offs, quick slants kind of thing. Don't necessarily go for the long ball every time, but no, I like the bills. Uh, we'll go to the Patriots, my team. Uh, there's a big storyline going. Is it going to be Mac Jones or is it going to be cam? Um, both have had their moments in preseason, but I think Max been uh, the bigger headliner amongst the two quarterbacks and there's um, another conversation with the running back by committee they got going on. They got like JJ Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, like they're playing on a step up from what they were expected to. Um, we did trade Sony Michelle. That just shows how confident Bill is in like Damian Harris, Stevenson and JJ Taylor where they could kind of get some assets from. But what's your thoughts on, New England coming into this year after a very weird and inconsistent year last year. I know it was weird for a lot of teams because of COVID and stuff and a lot of people sitting out, but New England was a team where it was like lots of highs and lows, but they still finished 
decent. Like, if I looked at their year, I would have been like, yo, they probably won, like, four games. But they were, like, they had a winning record. So it was just, a, it was weird. What's your yeah. thoughts on uh, Patriots coming into this season? Well, the Patriots, obviously, you know, they're getting back a lot of defensive players, right? Like, Donta Hightower. Patrick and, Chung. Uh, wait, didn't Patrick Chung retire? Who am I thinking of then? I don't know. I remember he did come back, though, but then I think he retired. But I know you're getting a lot of defensive linemen as well. And then, you know, the emergence of J.C. Jackson pairing up with Stefan Gilmore if he, you know, decides to stay in New England. And, you know, Bill's not going to let <laughs> another mediocre season go by. And after, you know, watching him or watching Tom Brady, sorry, win the Super Bowl without him, I think he's going to have a little bit of a fire, uh, fire seat under his ass, getting him in gear, you know, not like on the hot seat for, you know, new uh, coaching position, but just in, you know, holy shit, like I need to actually do something. And, you know, I, it's, it's ironic because I'm looking, you know, at the over-unders right now and the Patriots and the Saints are sitting almost at like the same position. You know, they're both kind of at that nine, nine win total, nine and a half, you know, maybe a little bit under, maybe a little bit over. And I view them kind of in the same boat, ironically, not to try and be a homer to either of our teams, but, you know, I could see, I could see the Patriots going well over nine and a half wins and kind of being a surprise, you know, and uh, if Mac Jones ends up starting, and playing decent, watch out, man. Watch out. Because Damian Harris, sleeper. Huge sleeper. Yeah. I think another player to definitely look out for is Jacoby Myers because he's a player who started to kind of ascend last year, but then Pat, not Patrick, um, Cam Newton, obviously that shoulder is shot and he can't necessarily throw the bar, throw the ball far and quick, you know, it takes a lot to load up and it takes a lot of energy out of him to get the ball 20 yards downfield. It's almost like a Drew Brees situation, except Cam Newton's age is like almost cut in half, I swear. But um, <laughs> he also no. has a little bit more power in yeah. his throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I definitely think there's some bright spots to this Patriots roster. They did spend like $150 million in guaranteed money in the offseason, the most the they've most ever done. Ever spent. Yeah. And so I think that is a huge step in this organization and Bill especially. But they're over under at at 9. I can see it being a push because there still are some question marks question marks amongst that team. You know, I am a Patriots fan, so if anyone were to say they would go over, it would be me. But I I like to keep it real because there is still a question mark at quarterback. You know, you don't know how if Cam is the day one starter, you don't necessarily know how he's going to come out. Is he going to be the guy last year where he just runs majority of the time and then throws when there's a clear open receiver? Or is he going to try and be a completely different player, lose the job, and then maybe Mac Jones isn't as ready as everyone thinks he is? He does look good but you still don't necessarily know like regular season football is a whole different step than preseason. Totally so, agreeable. So it's still 
some question marks, and I do like the returning players. I think Dante Hightower is going to be an underrated addition amongst the entire league. I know he's not necessarily an addition, but in terms of last year. Players coming back. Yeah. And he just, like, controls that defense, like, very well. You know, he's a huge piece to that. And I think this defense is getting younger and younger, especially in the secondary of J.C. Jackson. And um, it's a cornerback from Vanderbilt. I'm losing. I can't think of it right now. But then even, like, Kyle Duggar at safety, right? So I think the Patriots kind of sit at nine. I think they either just barely go over or they're – they finish around nine wins. Like I think it, I have it as a push, but no, the Patriots are a team I'm excited about, but I'm still like hesitant on how good they, how high their ceiling actually is this season. And it makes sense. Yeah. I can see yeah. them making the playoffs. Like I think their chances of making the playoffs are higher than not making the playoffs. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing for free. Like, I see them if we want to move over and shift into Miami. Yeah, I could totally see them swinging next. I could totally see the Patriots like hopping over Miami. You know, I'm I'm not like the biggest Tua hater in Miami. I'm just more skeptical or more on the fence on whether or not they can actually get to that nine and a half uh, win total there because. I can see them losing a lot of one score games, you know, and it's not because of their defense, but maybe because of their offense and that they can't get it done. in like the last two minutes of the game, I don't know why, but you know, miles Gaskin, he's a great running back, but he's not elite. You know, you got Devonte Parker. If he stays healthy. Okay. But, and then Tua coming into his second year, you know, second year quarterbacks uh, statistically never shine the brightest. It's more generally their third year that they come out. And if the defense for Miami holds up, they could easily get to like eight wins. I just don't think they can get to like 10 only because of their offense. And I think it might be slow or not slow, but I don't think they can close out a game. You know what I mean? That's an interesting point. Because I, I, if we're going to the over-under, I think Dolphins are going to surpass 9.5 because I think Tua, I honestly think he just wasn't ready last year because his injury in his last year at Alabama was heavy. Like, oh, yeah. a hip injury isn't anything to mess with, and it could have been potentially, like, career-ending. Like, that's how serious it was. And the fact that he was willing to come back, and I just think he was playing scared. And he was just like, I just don't think he was like he was ready. But coming into his second year, he has his addition of Jalen Waddle on the offense, which Waddle plays a style that I think can really help Tua in terms of Waddle runs a lot of short routes and then he's explosive after the ball's in his hands. And I think that can help with Tua as like a safety blanket. Like no nothing's downfield, Waddle's running an in route seven yards down i'm just gonna get it to him maybe we can get it like maybe even 10 extra yards after because waddle is that explosive and they have like the 20 they're tied for 27th easiest schedule easiest schedule yeah and i think that really helps them and i i think they got a better roster than the patriots and i think they can even maybe contend with buffalo for this division 
Like I think that I'm high on Miami and I it's just the get the X factor is Tua because I'm not worried about their defense. I'm not worried about their coaching. I really like Flores. I think he could even win coach of the year, but I haven't necessarily looked into it that much because that's for next episode. But I just like the way the culture in Miami is built. And I just think they're in a really good spot. I Mike Kosicki, he could be like outrageous this year. And I think if Fuller can actually stay healthy with being legitimately clean. Yeah. Because everyone was like, oh, Fuller actually had a full season this year but then he got only off of peds it's fine it's cool (laughs) and then then he got popped for four games so it's like oh that's why no that explains it yeah so like maybe a good over under in FanDuel is like how many weeks till will fuller gets a hamstring gets a hamstring injury or something (laughs) like that like week seven and a half or something like that and then he's gone but um middle of the seventh game yeah but also like Devontae parker i think he's i don't think he's necessarily slept on I, I think, still think he's, he's underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a very good. I don't think he can carry an offense at wide receiver one, but he's a really good wide receiver two. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I think sooner. Tier. Yeah. So I think I just like the offense build and Gaskins. I think he's he'd be a good running back in like a committee role kind of. And I just like what they've done. So I got Dolphins uh, over nine and a half. All right. Well, I mean. I like the whole, you know, layout that you have. And I, I kind of agree with that. If Tua can actually, you know, close out games, because like I said, I feel like they're going to be in a lot of one score games and not necessarily high scoring games either. Yeah. You know, and it's and that's the thing. It's going to come down to Tua. If Tua can finish games and if he can close out games with a 26 ranked easiest schedule, then by all means, they can easily surpass nine and a half. I just don't think in that clutch situation that they have it just yet, but I'd like to be proved wrong. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to see it. And I've heard a lot of bright spots into this training camp. Like I've, like I've heard he looks good. I haven't watched much of him preseason. So like you can correct me if he looks terrible, but I've just heard good things coming from camp and reports and stuff. If Miami gets Watson, where do you put him at? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> are they winning That's, the division? Yeah. Like, because chances are, I've heard Watson. Like, I've heard that rumor. Watson, yeah, is playing this year because court cases uh, have been pushed back because the yeah. NFL isn't getting into it, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if Watson that- gets traded, because that's probably going to happen by the time this episode's air. Uh, I wouldn't say. It said they in the coming Wednesday. It said in the coming days, back on like Saturday or Sunday. I I say, when they say coming days, I say watch out for the, this weekend coming up. Uh, this weekend, I could see that, and obviously, if that's the case, Houston's just Houston's just like the dumping ground for fucking people, right? Like, yeah. Obviously, Tua's gonna have to go to Houston. Yeah. And if Deshaun comes to Miami. Then I could easily put them in the position of over under uh, 12. Yeah, I agree. Easily. Because their defense and run game is way better than Buffalo's defense and run game. You know, Josh Allen, for as much as he carried last year, 
can he carry it again? Yeah. I don't know. No, that's a good point. Um, we'll move over to a very uh, interesting Average. team. And, um, a team that has potential bright spots in it. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, not quite there. The New York not Jets. Not quite there. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson, after a lot of people saying, even in the front office, like, oh, no, we've drafted Sam Darnold 2.0, all that sort of stuff. That. And then he comes out firing in preseason. <laughs> He's li- they've gotten a stronger receiving core. And they got some – they got an O-lineman and Vera Tucker for him. They got a good – potentially good running back in Michael Carter. He's lower on the depth chart, but you don't have to be good right away. A lot of players – like, I'm not expecting you to be RB1 every single year. Like, it's okay. And, I yeah, I think they have a young, exciting core. What are your thoughts on the Jets? You know – I remember when we talked about this or maybe just us talked about this early in the year, but I, I gave you like a hot take, right? Where Zach Wilson is going to have a better career than uh, Trevor Lawrence. And he's being drafted at the number two spot. And that's their bright spot. Him and Robert Sala, both first year. I don't see them being necessarily good this year. I think Zach Wilson could have a, a fine year and he can be a fine player. But yeah. until they get you know, some like big part on defense, you know, something that CJ Mosley can, can be a part of rather than just be the head of the defense, you know, like a good defensive lineman and a great corner. Cause their offense, they, they have a decent offense, you know, yeah. they just, I don't see big things this year and you know, they're over under right now is at six. I would easily take their under because it's a rookie quarterback coming into uh, a rookie head coach's first season. Yeah, Robert Sala's good, but I you got it. You gotta you gotta fade that. I, in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't have him going over six. I had him as like a push, maybe getting six wins. Like I think six. They can definitely el- push. I think six and eleven is a realistic record, but I I think under is heavier than the over. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm actually looking on this uh, on like multiple sites that's going through. There's one where you can bet under five and a half for plus odds. <laughs> I see them five games. I see them five and twelve. Because they all they also have a pretty easy schedule, but it's the Jets, you know. Yeah, they're gonna find some sort of way to. They're gonna find way- ways to lose, you know. Look at yeah. Las Vegas last year against them. So yeah, no, true. Um, how do you see this division shaping out one to four? Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. I got the same, but swap Patriots and Dolphins. I like it how you're not bullish on your own team. It's very big of you. Well, it's just like, I like being realistic, you know, because I hate being the guy where it's like, oh, Patriots are going to wipe them. But then everyone, like, it's just like, yeah, everyone knows it's not going to happen. But I, I can see them competing with Miami for the second spot. But I just think there's so many question marks on the offense where it's just they're not quite there yet. Yeah. I like, I think Dolphins roster is better shaped out, but both teams have question marks at quarterback. And like I think Mac Jones will come in after the Bucks game. So I think around week five Jones will come in. I think they just got I think 
Belichick will be stubborn and be like, I sam I signed Cam Newton for fourteen million dollars this year. He's playing at least four weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just wait until Brady comes into New England, breaks the passing record, and then boom, Mac, you're up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it'd be kind of cool to see like new Patriot versus old Patriot kind of thing. I would love to see Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. I think that would be cool. It it would be super cool. Yeah, handing off the torch almost. Yeah, exactly. But um, AFC West. We'll move on to there. Oh, boy. That consists of the Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers. I mean, we'll keep this short and sweet. We'll start off with KC. You know, they went to the Super Bowl last year. They're over-under set at 12.5. That is such a big over-under. I can still see them going fucking undefeated this year because it's KC. Yeah. And they got a chip on their shoulder after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl because, hangover. Yeah, because not even like the hangover. I just think they're going to come back stronger than last year because they got their revamped O-line. Yep. They gave up picks for it. They still have a dynamic offense. I think Hardman's going to have a bigger role. CEH is going to have a bigger role. But um, what do you... Uh, kind of think of when you look at KC and going into the season matching up against this division and the entire league in general their division uh, I clearly see them beating the Ravens both times this year I know that they lost to the Ravens once and then beat the other two twice the Raiders oh did I say the Ravens yeah yeah you said the Ravens like three times and I was like fuck yeah. <laughs> Raiders. Raiders. Get it in your head. Oh. Yeah. So I know they beat the Raiders once and lost to them once and then beat the other two opponents in their division twice. Um, but it's a new season, right? Yeah. Like I could easily see them splitting two games between um, the Broncos and the Chargers just because I think they're some of the most complete lineups in the whole NFL. Uh, and that's only two losses, you know? Yeah. And then you look at who the chiefs play this year and they have a pretty decent schedule. It's not like hard, but it's not easy. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, they have a chip on their shoulder. You're getting plus odds to take the over. And I don't really think I can find five losses in this game. That makes me bet under 12 and a half. Yeah. You know, like you look at it, and it's like, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is always a top three quarterback, no matter what, you know? And Clyde, I see big things coming for Clyde this year. You know, I think his ceiling is not even close. Last year, his is floor. And he had a great rookie season. People are undervaluing him because they drafted him so high. So give me the Chiefs over at plus odds. That's free money, in my opinion. Yeah, I got them sitting at the over. Like, I think they can go like sixteen and one this year. Like, I think oh, Casey. I think Casey's losing the last game. Yeah, I think Casey is out there to like. They have something to prove, even though there isn't much to prove because everyone knows how good Casey is. I think they're out to like, yo, we got fucked over in the Super Bowl. That wasn't who we are. We should have won last year. They were fourteen and two last year, and they got a better O line this year. Yeah. It just depends if they can stay healthy, right? Yeah, and I I still think they got even if like Clyde isn't a problem, they still have like some sort of depth. Like they got Jarek McKinnon in. 
and that's just yeah. like, uh, and they still have Williams, so yeah. So I think, I think Casey's got something. Yeah. So they match up this year: Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, Bills, Washington, Titans, Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys. Steelers. Ah, oh, they actually have a decently hard schedule. Yeah, but it's KC, right? Yeah. Like that like with every hard game that they have, they have an easy game. You know what I mean? Like you could go one for one almost. Maybe maybe a little bit over. Maybe you say like, oh, there's a couple hard games, but it's Kansas City, right? Yeah. So like even just like they got the Browns week one, and I think the Browns could contend for the AFC this year. They got Baltimore, and they're. I think Baltimore is just like I don't know. They're a weird team. Like they don't necessarily have it on paper, but that's yeah, weird. Yeah. Eagles, you can just wipe that one. That's yeah. Whatever. See you later. <laughs> I think that Chiefs Washington one could be a little underrated. Yeah, but, it's um, definitely underrated. Yeah. But yeah, I got the Chiefs over. Um, we'll go to the Broncos. They're, I think they're like a QB away from contending. I think Teddy is a good safety blanket, but I don't think he's the guy. I think they're going to heavily attack Rodgers in the offseason probably. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, they're a very interesting team. They're getting Cortland Sutton back, and I think he's an unreal wide receiver, except he just he's like in an Allen Robinson situation. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah, it's like no, if you just that. if you just had a quarterback throwing him the ball, then it's like he's like a top ten receiver in the league. And I'm gonna make my case here for Teddy Bridgewater. All right, people are saying this guy fucking sucks. Okay, I just want to let everyone know, Teddy Two Gloves here sustained three one thousand yard receivers last year: Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. They all had over a thousand yards, man. Like, I don't know why people hate Teddy Bridgewater. They almost beat Kansas City at home. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a bad quarterback. He doesn't go and he doesn't take the risk, but that's what makes him safe. He had the highest completion percentage last year as a quarterback, uh, a starting quarterback, sorry. And you you put him in a better situation with Denver. Now they have a way better defense. He's a he's a game manager and a game winner. And if you ask me, like with Madonna, uh, with Miami and Denver, you know, comparison side by side, I see them almost as like the same team. Yeah. Except this quarterback, he can win you that game in the last two minutes. He, he, I know he can. Right. Like he did it, or he was five and zero with New Orleans. I was about to say so, he went undefeated when Breeze went down. Exactly. And yeah. you know, uh, Vic Fangio. He's a great coach. Yeah. And, you know, I see Javante Williams stealing that role from Melvin Gordon definitely halfway through this uh, season. Cortland Sutton looks like he just needs to make that one cut on his leg. And then, boom, he's great. Jerry yeah. Judy, now he can actually catch balls in his radius. And no offense if he stays healthy. Jerry Judy was like top five in separation last year. And he was like top four in like balls overthrown. Him. Yeah. He should have had a way better season than he did, but Drew Locke oh, 100%. couldn't hit the ocean when he's sitting in a boat. He's just yeah. like... No, literally. So I definitely think Teddy 
Bridgewater is a is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he sucks, but I definitely think that they could get to a higher tier oh, yeah. with a quarterback who's just better. Yeah. Like no, I definitely agree. Bridgewater's just very safe. And if they just had like a I think it, like if they get an Aaron Rodgers, then I think they're like No, they're easily it, Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so I still like the Teddy pick because I think he's just better than Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Like Drew Locke's not the guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. So I I just like what Denver has built. And uh, no, they're going to be um, very exciting to watch and just interpret this year. But uh, they're over under set at eight and a half. And I don't know about you, but I got the over on that one. Um, this is that that is one of the closest ones yeah i i would not be betting that i could see how you could go over and i have them you know splitting with the chiefs splitting with the chargers you know and looking at their schedule who they have it's a pretty favorable schedule when it comes down to it uh in my opinion and their defense you know if von miller bradley chubb stay healthy patrick satan looks like the real deal I could easily go over with that too, but it's hard to say, you know, if Teddy will actually be sustainable. I think he will, but it just depends on, you know, how everyone else feels. And personally, just with other teams, I think I, I wish this was set at eight. So then I could be like, oh, you know what? No, but yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll do the over as well. I just look at the first three weeks, and it's Giants, Jags, and Jets. Yeah, three wins. <laughs> so that's three wins. And I honestly think this could be a very good game between the Ravens and Broncos. Yep. I think that could be a very good game. I could say that going either way. Even Broncos and Steelers. I think Steelers uh, I edge see. out on that one. But I still think that can be a decent game. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than the Raiders. Yep. I think they will lose to the Browns. Um... Washington football team is a matter of Fitz magic. Cowboys, their defense sucks. Yeah, easily win that game, especially if they're in Dallas. The Eagles, I think they take an L against the Chargers. Like you said, yeah, the Chiefs, I think the Lions, Bengals, Raiders, and then they play the Chargers and Chiefs. You know what? Those last three, uh, the three that you said right in the middle there, you know the lion with the lions in the mix. Yeah, give give me the over. So I, the I I I just really like their schedule, especially with a quarterback who is can put the ball in the spots that the ball is supposed to go to, not yeah. ten yards past a receiver like Drew Locke will. And Drew Locke just turns the ball over so much. He's just yep. inaccurate. Uh, the Raiders. Waller is up there to contend for tight end one. Mm-hmm. Ruggs has looked stronger, and I think Josh Jacobs is he could even like break out this year, even after a very good rookie year two years ago. But uh, how do you look at the Raiders this year? I think they're a team that's kind of just like they're just there, you know. I'm I'm gonna look at this and I'm gonna tell you this right now, you know, looking at their win total, uh, I'm not confident in the Raiders. Uh, pushing seven here. Uh, they have even money 
going over and under at minus 110 on FanDuel. And I don't see how they really realistically get to seven wins. You know, they start off three hot games. You know, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins. And then even fourth with the Chargers. Uh, and then fifth with the Bears. Like, those are all games that have strong defenses right there. And their offense, it's directly, like, or it's directed around Carr and Waller. Jacobs and Drake, it'll, it's running back by committee. You know, I feel like whoever has the hot hand one game, that's who Gruden's going with, you know? And obviously you can sprinkle in a couple of wins here and there, but I'll save this for a little bit later, but I don't like the Raiders this year. You get no money on uh, either side. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Yeah. The Raiders are just interesting. I think it's, I don't know. For some reason, they just like were a difficult team to play against and they didn't really have high expectations last year and they finished eight and eight. And I know going into season with higher expectations can like kind of default a team down. But if Gruden just kind of like doesn't do anything dumb, then I think this team can hit the over. Like I've heard a lot of team, a lot of things saying that like people are sleeping on the Raiders and I don't know, kind of just put something into my head where I can see, I can see them pushing the over over seven like I can I just I can't see like a six and eleven season from them so maybe like a push at seven is like a bit more reasonable but I don't know they're, they're, this is a team where I can kind of swing it both ways if you had to give me do I go eight and ten or six and eleven? I would say neither, and I would say seven and ten. Like, if you could actually find a bet that says seven and ten, I would take that, you know, because seven wins seems pretty realistic with, you know, some of the late season uh, matchups that they have. But those first five games, they could go 0 and five. Yeah. Hot take if you find a betting website, because <laughs> I know a lot of them say, like, oh, they go five and 0. If you find a betting website that says Raiders 0 and five, I would hop on that in an instant. Yeah, do you know what? I changed my opinion. I think they're going under. I'm looking at their schedule, and they have, like, <laughs> they have, like, I think just... Like, their most favorable matchups are the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, Washington would probably beat them. Yeah, and even, like, maybe Dallas, because I think they have a better offense and maybe mm-hmm. just even defense. And no defense. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a high-scoring game, that one. Yeah, like, I'm just going to quickly run through their full schedule here. Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, Washington, Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, and Chargers. Yeah, fucking kill me now. So I think... <laughs> I, Yeah, I think it's either a 7 or 6 win season for them. I had like every spoiler for the next one, but I'm really high on this team anyway. I had every team in this division going hitting the over, but I don't know. Looking at the Raiders' schedule, it's just like it's not it's as hard. enticing as I once. Yeah, it's just, it's a very tough schedule. 
Yeah, that's that's why there's like no money on it. Like over yeah. under seven, it's both minus one ten. Yeah. I had to take a double look at that, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Chargers, new coaching staff for Herbert. They got uh, they got a stronger defense this year, a refined offensive line. Man, the Chargers. The Hit Chargers. <sighs> if Derwin James stays healthy. This could honestly be the Chargers season. I don't see them coming in first, but this could be the the uh, division that has three teams coming. This is last year's AFC North. I could see Denver. I could see Kansas City. And I can see LA all making yeah. the playoffs. And yeah. I see LA as, what the fuck do they have to lose? If Herbert's balling... He's going to keep balling in the playoffs and Mahomes is going to, assuming they go up against Mahomes, I'm just going to be like, oh, might take it easy. Might be a look ahead spot. Although you never should do that on any football game. But I just see the Chargers as being that like that feisty, you know, 10 and 7 team or 11 and 6 team that can just come in and whoop anyone's ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like he came he his first start he knew 10 minutes before kickoff and he went toe-to-toe with patrick mahomes and almost yeah yeah and everyone (laughs) knows everyone knows he won rookie of the year he had like two bad games out of the 14 or 15 that he played Mm -hmm. like yeah i think there isn't really much else to say about the chargers i their over under is nine and a half i think they hit the over i don't yeah, I just I don't know. I just think this team is ready to go. They have two receivers on uh contract years, so they're gonna look to get paid, so they're gonna wanna ball out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um they got a good safety blanket in Jared Cook at tight end. He's nothing exceptional, but he's still a solid tight end. Right. He could fumble away their their season like he did to Drew Brees. Watch it. Um Rashawn Slater, his boy, you know. Yeah. Like that's going to be his guy for years to come. That's going to be like the Quentin Nelson of the Colts. Like that's going to be the piece. Yeah, he, the he would he would have been the best offensive lineman in this draft if it wasn't for Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. Like he would have swapped his place, right? 100%. And then and then uh, healthy Eckler, and hopefully yeah. he stays healthy. So I think yeah. this Chargers team is out for blood this year, and I got them hitting the over at over nine and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure, brother. Do you want to do No, no. No, 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 no. no Let's no, no. <laughs> I was going to say do you want to do the season awards now, but we'll uh we'll hit on the other side of the AFC. South or north? You pick. Let's do south so we can get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's three teams in this division, like the only one out of the <laughs> Holy fuck. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I we'll start with the Texans. I wrote them down and I've like I've like three to five points for every team here. I did a dash for the Texans <laughs> and I just wrote all I wrote was dot dot dot. That's it. <laughs> there's nothing much to say. 
there isn't anything exciting about this team. They you have like know... they have like six running backs who could like all fight for a spot. All, yeah, all over thirty, I think. Yeah. Right? It's a retirement home yeah. with a guy who is it has twenty two fucking cases put against him. But fuck, man. I Do you know all... the one nugget I wrote for uh for Houston. What's that? All right, Houston equals dumpster fire. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you can really say about them. But they're over under set at four. I got them under. They're going to be like the Jacksonville Jaguars of this year. They might pull up one somehow win. But even if Deshaun, that's if they have Deshaun Watson. Yep. If they don't, if they don't, then there's nothing to be like excited about at all for for this team. So uh, we'll move on to the much more exciting Jacksonville Jaguars, because I think that I think there is a lot of excitement for this team. And unfortunately, it would have been more exciting if Travis Etienne wasn't didn't suffer a season ending injury. But I think Lawrence at quarterback, he looks he looks really good this preseason. I think their wide receiving core is going to take a step up this year with Chano, DJ Chark. Um, you got someone else there. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Yep. Like I think it's an underrated receiving core. It's just that their offensive line can't block anyone. Block. Yeah. You and really I th- saw it a lot in the Monday night game against New Orleans. Yeah. And like yeah. that's going to be Trevor Lawrence's kryptonite. Like that's he, if he has like an unreal season behind that trash O line, give him fucking MVP <laughs> because man, yeah, no, he, he's not going to have any time in the pocket, especially against NFL talent. If he didn't get it in at Clemson in his final year at college, he had no offensive line against Ohio state. And it showed like he just didn't have any time to throw. And that will affect any quarterback in the league. If you don't have yeah. protection, it's going to be hard to succeed. And Jacksonville, you got your guy. You could have gotten like a offensive lineman in the first round, but instead you went running back when you already have James Robinson. Like I know Etienne is a special talent, but go with what the Jets did. You got Zach Wilson, and then you got Vera right. Tucker. Go with him. Yeah, you got with Lawrence. Vera Tucker was available when you drafted Etienne. Pick him. Like he, yeah. you need someone to be the anchor of that O line, and they just don't have it right now. And I, as much as like Jacksonville, I want to put some excitement on them. It's just hard to when they didn't help their guy out and get any off offensive lineman help. Like I feel or, like they pulled a big Bengals move. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they went after the flashy piece instead of. You didn't Instead see the, the safe. Yeah, you didn't see the Colts do that when Quentin Nelson fell to them. They no. knew they knew that was a quarterback heavy draft. They had Andrew Luck. They're like, we'll get an already Hall of Fame offensive lineman before he's even been drafted. Yeah, pick him. He's he's been All Pro every single year he's been in the league. He's already yeah. like a Hall of Fame lineman, and he's. What, and he going, still has his whole fucking life yeah, to play. He's going into yeah. his like fourth season. Yeah. Like it's no, I think that I think Jacksonville could have tackled the draft a bit different and gotten a anchor on the offensive line. Even like trade up. You have a second first round pick. 
trade up. Yeah, to right. Get a, to get an offensive lineman. Like, I think they could have done, but there's over under six and a half. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on Jacksonville? Because I don't think I even asked your opinion on it. I just started ranting about it. But Oh, no. No, you, you have, hit every point that I had. Yeah. Do you have yeah, anything no, it, to touch on? Uh, I mean, I'll say a little bit here. You know, I know we already talked about the Jets. Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. You know, it's the same situation, except I think it's worse because there's literally, like, no defense behind Jacksonville. Yeah. And there's no offensive line, like you said. And now that Etienne's gone, that's a wasted first-round pick. Especially when you have James Robinson. I get it, Urban Meyer, okay? Like, you didn't draft Robinson, or you didn't pick him up as an undrafted free agent. But look at the guy's tape. This yeah. guy's a beast. He's an absolute stud at running back. The fact that he didn't get injured and had, uh, like, I was listening to uh, the Fantasy Footballers podcast, and they went through James Robinson, um like running game back. log yeah they went through like his percentages while he was in he didn't yeah. have a game where he wasn't in under 92 percent of the place yeah. yeah like that guy is just his usage rate is so high different yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. i know we didn't hit on the texans over under but i'm assuming we're both on the under for four. Oh um, yeah i said i said under four i thought oh okay but... i i don't i didn't remember that i know i didn't say it but it was Sorry. jacksonville under six and a half uh with Jacksonville, give me the under six and a half. I'm looking yeah. at their schedule right now. I got the under I have as them, well. Yeah, I have them standard for three wins. And their three wins are two against Houston. And, you know, maybe, maybe the Bengals. <laughs> you know, like, it just, uh, I don't know. I, I could even see, like, the Falcons crushing Jacksonville easily. Yeah, I just, I think, I look at Jacksonville or like not even just Jacksonville, but the Etienne pick. I I would have got. I would have liked to see them get an offensive lineman. I'm not going to necessarily say Etienne's a waste of a first rounder because I still think he's a special talent. But I wasn't expecting a running back in the first round because of the season Robinson just had. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a little weird. But yeah, Jacksonville. I got him under six and a half. I think they're they have an exciting core, like a lot of good young receivers. Except Marvin Jones up there, but he's still solid, right? He's still a solid and piece. Like a, just a good, solid young offense. Um, but I think what's really put me towards the under is that Tebow isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that one stellar block that he had! Oh, hey man, he did his job. Did did the running back get tackled? Nope. Tebow did, did he... his job. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest, but, I mean, he did get in his way. He disrupted the play. That's all that matters. Yo, I have to tell you about this one bet. It's a total degenerate bet, but uh, these guys, I listen to them all the time. Uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, these guys are fucking hilarious. They put down money on, um, like, right when Tebow was signed. Under 12 and a half receiving yards. The whole season, plus like, I, I think it was like plus five hundred or some shit. Oh my! <laughs> and it, he he could get cut, and it would still count. And they oh. they like went yeah, and they bet on that, and boom! As soon as they got cut, 
I just remember seeing like a Twitter video of the guy like going out for a jog. He's like, what a great fucking Monday morning. You know, we got that fucking Tim Tebow bet. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Why did I, thought, I do that? I thought bets got like voided when some of them do, but this one yeah. didn't just because they were like, it's Urban Meyer and Tim yeah. Tebow. Yeah. So, um, we, uh, I forgot to ask a question about the AFC West. Uh, how do you see the division shaping out? One oh. to four. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Casey, Chargers, Denver, Raiders. All right. Same here. Yeah. Same okay. Here. Perfect. I just, had, I just had to get that out of the way because I forgot to ask. All good. But, um, yeah. So the Jags under six and a half, not because of Trevor Lawrence, just because of how the roster is constructed. Yep. Um, but I think they, just like the Jets, they have the core, just more work to do. I think exactly. it's exciting. Just a little bit more steps to take. The Titans, um, they acquired Julio for some picks and all that sorts of stuff. Um, very exciting with AJ Brown, Julio, Derrick Henry. I think Tannehill's still. I think he's a top ten quarterback oh, in the league. He's easily probably like top eight for me now. Yeah, I think he's a very talented quarterback. Their defense is still suspicious. Mm-hmm. How do you look at Tennessee? Yeah, like you said, defense still kind of suspicious, and you know that's that's going to be one part of their downfall. I feel as a as a Tennessee not fan, but as a Tennessee like lover. Yeah, Derrick Henry, king, right? And uh, you know how long can this guy last for before he ends up sustaining a bad injury? You know, like he's gone how many seasons without being injured? It's kind of scary. Kind of scares me off of him in fantasy. And can Tannehill sustain A.J. Brown and Julio? Yeah. And if he can, and Derrick Henry too, lights out. You know, they're going to be – this team could be the biggest shootout team that can close a game because of Henry. Like, is it going to be like a Cleveland Browns situation where Baker has to manage Jarvis and OBJ? No. Right? I think it's better. Yeah, I think it's better too, but it's just like – are the is he gonna try and like give the targets to them and then sometimes he throws into bad situations? Obviously, OBJ and AJ Brown they're different breeds than Jarvis and wait, <laughs> AJ Brown and Julio, and Julio are different breeds, different breeds than OBJ than Jarvis. Yo, I put my mind in a pretzel there. Yeah, you literally put one <laughs> team with the other. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have another one, Jevin. Jesus Murphy, no, but yeah, they're obviously they're a huge offense. They're they're like a, a Dallas Cowboys almost, you know, huge offense, very suspicious defense. Uh, over under nine, what do you got? Well, look at their schedule. It's uh, it's it's pretty fucking challenging, you know, and uh, they play a lot of like good defenses. And then obviously they have they have at least four free games, I feel like, with Houston and Jacksonville. So now that you need to just find five more wins. I believe they can win against Arizona. I believe they can win against the Jets. I believe you know the Saints one, that one will be a definitely scrappy game. You know, best run defense going up against Henry. Uh that one could be scrappy. Uh the Dolphins, I could see them winning. Uh, honestly kind of a hot take but give me the under 
they're going to be a high scoring team, but it's their defense that's going to be their Achilles heel. Okay. It's a hard schedule, man. It's a hard schedule. I, I think it's good enough to pull out nine to 10 wins. So I got the over. Okay. But I do not think they're the best team in this division. Ah. <laughs> Going, moving on to Indianapolis. I think they are the best overall team. I think they got one of the. They're not like a fantasy relevant defense, but I think they're one of the better defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. They got. I think they got it all, at every level. Buckner, um, Darius Leonard. They got Xavier Rhodes. Like, I think they're. I think they got it well put together. They they got a dude on secondary in the middle and on the line. Yeah. And but I just think the X factor is Wentz and Reich. Can Wentz stay healthy? Can he yeah. go back to that form? I think he has the weapons. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, just how do you feel about uh the Indianapolis Colts? My one my one little note that I wrote about this, I said if Carson Wentz can play or be 80% of his MVP season, it's it's theirs. Yeah. Any less, and it's, it's this, you know, because that, that those are the two games that could who is first and who's second. Like, if Tennessee can pull out both games from their yeah. ass and beat Indianapolis, by all means, it's Tennessee's division. But if you, if you can't find them winning those games – it's so hard for me to look at the Colts and be like, yeah, no, I could see them winning this division. And, you know, like you said, Frank Reich and uh, Carson Wentz, as long as they can be on the same page, then this could be Eagles 2017. You know what I mean? Over under eight and a half. Give me the over. Yeah. I got the over as well. Yeah. Uh, How do you have the division shaping out? Like we said, if Indianapolis can beat out Tennessee, then I see Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville at three wins, and Houston at two. Yeah, I think Houston might get like relegated down to like AAU or some shit. <laughs> yeah, bring bring up the fucking uh, the college championship winner. <laughs> yeah. They switch Alabama for Houston, and it might be a better division. Honestly, yeah. Oh, fuck. But, uh, no, I agree with it there. I think the Colts are finishing first, Titans second, Jags three, Houston four. I just think Colts are better overall. Like, I just think their defense is going to just – I think they're going to keep them more in games than Houston like or uh, Tennessee. Like, I think Tennessee is going to rely a ton on their offense and shootouts to win them games when I think it might just, like, if they don't have it. Or if they're like yeah. Julio's out for a game with like a foot injury, then it's like, yeah, it's gonna be or, Tennessee. Or if like Henry just can't get it going that game, then I mean Tennessee's kind of all out of answers, right? True. The last division in the AFC, the AFC North, featuring the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and Bengals. Very competitive division. Um. Even though the Bengals are necess- are like the punching bag of this division, I think there's still a lot of bright spots on this team. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll start with the Steelers. Last year, they were the 11-0 team, and then I think didn't they lose like five straight 
and then they finished 11 and 5. Uh, tale, tale of two seasons right there. Oh my God, but um, yeah. what's your evaluation, uh, Pittsburgh? Um, I'm not high on Pittsburgh this year. I uh, Their O-line could literally be the worst O-line this year. And yet Najee Harris could still be uh, fantasy relevant. Yeah. And could still be relevant in general just because of who else is there? Like, yeah. I, don't, I love Najee Harris. I could see him getting all of the goal line work, you know, mixing Claypool here and there. But, you know, they, they picked up Pat Fryermuth in the draft, and that was pretty much, I think, uh, their biggest addition. You know, they didn't do anything with their O-line, and their defense their defense is great. Devin yeah. Bush, TJ Watt, and now uh, – Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, you add on a couple of uh, – B tier corners, and then you yeah. add Melvin Ingram. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw that play that he had uh, in preseason, but T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram could be best defensive line in uh, in football. So that's why I like the Steelers. I think they're gonna have a good turnover differential, which is gonna really keep them in games. But yeah, their offensive line. If Big Ben gets hit once and it's like a bad hit, see you later. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I uh, you kind of hit it all like hit the nail on the head right there. They have the number one strength of schedule, so they have a tough schedule ahead of them. And it's just, I think it's just a matter of like, wh- what's ben, Big Ben going to be? You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just hard to judge. Everyone thought like, oh, he's back, and he kind of had a tough year last year. You know, he's uh, second favored odds to throw the most picks this year. <laughs> yeah. But um, I can see that. Yeah, over under eight and a half. Give me the under. The under. Oh I want to, dude. Just just look at their schedule, okay, and tell me how you find eight wins or nine wins. Sorry. Let me let me see this here because I looked at their strength, and I was like, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough one to evaluate. Let me see. I honestly here. say they get five wins. No, they're going to be higher than that. <laughs> Bills, Raiders. Uh... Unless they can figure out the running game between the Titans and the Ravens and the passing game from the Packers and let's say the uh, the Vikings – and the Browns, I, I, I mean, I could see them splitting, you know, each game, uh, like each of the three teams. That's three wins right there. And the Bears, you know, maybe. And then the Bills, that one's going to be a dicey game. But, like, I, I don't see them getting past eight wins. At eight and a half – this one's tough. Yeah. Yeah, you see why this is the toughest schedule in all of NFL right now. Not even that. Like this is a tough over under. It's it's almost right on the uh it's right on, you know? I'll go slight under. I think five wins is a little disrespectful. Oh yeah, it's hundred percent disrespectful. <laughs> I could I could see them getting 
10 wins, but I can also see him like getting like seven to eight. Yeah. Like guys, I think there's like the games against like Chicago, Seattle. Um, there's one more on there that are, like the Chargers. Like there's a few where it's like those teams are pretty even, and mm-hmm. like you can throw all the question marks you want in the Steelers O line and Big Ben, but I mean their defense has playmakers, dude, and I think that can hoist some momentum towards their way it's just a matter of how they control their offense because they got 11 wins and as much as you want to say some of them were lucky they got to 11 without any running game and now they have Najee harris who is like a derrick henry who can hurdle and it's like i i'm just so like in between i'll just for the sake of the podcast i'll say over eight and a half all right and then to mix it up obviously you know i'm going on the under Eight yeah, <laughs> but uh, we'll go Cleveland. I think they got a, one of the best all-around teams in the league. They get OBJ back. Um, I'll just do a fun fact for this division. Every team in this division is in the top ten of strength of schedules. Yeah, no, so that's fucked. so that is quite insane. Uh, they got Clowney. They got um, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I can't. I, I just wrote J okay. We're just gonna simplify it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Don't um, try and don't yeah. try and Newsom on corner. They just added with Denzel Ward and I think Baker, this could be his breakout year. I, I agree. He had, he had, year. Yeah, he had a promising year last year. And yeah, so I they're over unders ten and a half. I wanna keep it simple with this team because there isn't much to talk about. They just got a very bright future with this core i'm just excited Mm -hmm. to see how it works out yeah no you you wrote the narrative right like it's over uh i'm i'm taking the over ten and a half same here uh i mean i don't know really what else there is to say about the browns uh i know there's that whole is the brown or are the browns better with out obj stats say statistically yes the browns are better without obj yeah but how 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 do you like look at that and just think that they are maybe obj demands targets i think i think that's what it is i think baker feels forced yeah i think jarvis is a little bit more team guy and i think i i I always just think it's baker feels obligated to throw balls to obj that are like very risky Mm mm-hmm Whereas when he doesn't have OBJ, then it kind of takes the pressure off Baker to throw balls that he doesn't want to, but he just wants to try and make OBJ happy. I think it's that, but that can't be the narrative for a season, right? Like OBJ has got to realize that his rookie season was six years ago and he needs to realize that if he wants to win a Super Bowl, he's going to let, or he's going to have to let Baker Mayfield run this offense and not him. Yeah, I right, agree. So, and Stefanski, great coach, great coach. The Ravens, they're over under set at eleven. They sit at number two in strength of schedule. Uh, the Browns were at number nine. Uh, just recently, J.K. Dobbins went down with a torn ACL. That's so shitty. I think that affects my um look at it, but honestly, not too much because. Uh, who's the second guy? 
It's not Gus Edwards. What's his name? Again. We were talking about yesterday? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously you have Justice Hill, but then it was like... It was, uh, I got a Trace report on... on Trace on something or whatever. He's likely to be the, the number two back in I that think, high-powered system. I think it came out and it was like... Told like this guy is a number two. I need to find this. This is very bad podcasting. Everyone for the video. I'm going. I'm on the sleeper app right now. Uh, it's Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams. That's what his name was. God, I was pretty damn. close. No, yeah, you were close. I just couldn't remember the name. But they're over in a set at eleven, and something about this goddamn team. Lamar has had the struggles of throwing. Everyone knows that. I think he's obviously improved a ton. You know, obviously he's a great run over the ball. That's why I think this J.K. Dobbins injury doesn't affect him too much because Lamar Jackson can just take more of the load, and he's just as effective as a runner. And then they got they get Rashad Bateman, and yep. everyone knows about Mark Andrews, and their defense is still, like, solid. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's not even the fact of Dobbins or the running game. Yeah. It's Bateman... They're new rookie, and it's Hollywood Brown. Yeah. That's that's the X factor right there for this team. If they find a way to somehow actually have a good passing game, they become one of the most multi-dimensional offenses and teams in this whole league. Yeah, I you got a You got a prolific running quarterback who, if he learns how to throw the ball, is just going to be lights out. And then you got, like... Like J.K. Dobbins going down, shitty. Gus yeah. Edwards, Gus Edwards. I see Gus Edwards as a way better J.K. Dobbins, but like he's not as young. That's how I just see it, right? You know, Lamar's gonna run in for touchdowns. Mark Andrews is top five tight end, and yeah. it's it's just the receivers. Like, yeah. it's just like the volume that they're gonna get. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because it's not a throw heavy team. It's very run heavy. So it's just a matter mm-hmm. of how much they're gonna use them um how do you look at their over under at 11 oh man it's hard but i i see i see big things for baltimore so give me the over yeah i i saw it i was like that's a high over Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna go over i think it's gonna be a top heavy division yeah it is but uh the Bengals, you know they get burrow back um, they're tied six for strength of schedule. Their O line is still a problem because they went chase over Sewell. But they, they do got have a lineman in the second second round. But they do have a bright future offensively. But I mean, Jamar Chase isn't looking like the guy they drafted. But obviously, it's not. You don't draft a player just for his rookie year. You draft him for a career. And I think Chase has a good career ahead of him. But he's obviously not shaping out or not looking the way they drafted him. But, I yeah. mean, it's just it's the beginning of his career, so don't judge him too early. But um, over under six and a he half. Also had, he also had a year off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, well, uh, I think we're both kind of on the same page with this one when I say that we're going to take the under. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. I've, I think Joe Burrow could have like a comeback player of the year type year because he throws the ball a lot. Yep. And he could be kind of a sleeper pick for, like, most passing yards this season. Kind of, just depending on how much they need to fucking throw the ball. Just because they're going to be behind games. 
Exactly. And if they want to stay competitive, then they're going to be throwing it a lot. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I got the under at six and a half. There isn't much else to say about the Bengals. Uh, do you think they should have gone Sewell over Chase, or do you think Chase is the right pick? Oh fuck, man, no, go Sewell. Why aren't you? I, I and I know we talked about this earlier. You're not going to have a Joe Burrow if you can't protect Joe Burrow. Yeah. Right. And it was clear last year when they went up against uh, the football team. Uh, they Chase Young fucked up Burrow's leg. You know, like. And the fact that he's coming back for it and he's ready for week one, it scares the living shit out of me because I love Joe Burrow. Like, yeah. He's he a baller. Such, he's a he dog. Such, oh, he's such a badass. And I just want to make one quick shout out. Uh, coworker, my foreman, Caleb MacArthur, his favorite team is the Bengals. He always chooses for the under or cheers for the underdog. Uh, I'm sorry, but your Bengals team is not going anywhere uh, to the promised land anytime soon. Uh, I'd say in like the next three years, that's when you can start looking at this team more competitively. Yeah. You know, right when they have Joe Burrow signing his contract year uh, and Jamar Chase as well. And hopefully they realize that getting linemen is actually a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at the Colts. Like I said, they're terrible. And they Andrew Luck had no protection. You get that one guy, Quentin Nelson, for them, and it changes like that, right? Oh yeah. How do you see this division shaping out? One to four. One to four. Uh, give me Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and then the Bungles. I got Cleveland, Baltimore, Steelers, Bengals. Almost the same. Yep. Uh, we were very similar in majority of them, but uh, the tail end of this episode, uh, the stat leaders. Now, this does include NFC teams as well, or at least I put NFC teams down, but the NFC oh. thing, did you just do AFC? Yeah, I texted you and you just said, yeah, AFC. Oh, I thought you meant we're just previewing AFC. But I meant uh, stat leaders. If you want to, take... I only did AFC. Oh, okay. For stat leaders. I mean, I can do that too, if you want, or one of us can wing it. I mean, I can wing it. I'll let okay. you go first, and I'll make some quick changes here because I do have a little bit of quick, a uh, little bit of changes here that I uh, I'll make here. All right, so we'll start in quarterback. For um, passing yards. And I think this is going to be a team where they're good enough to be competitive, but they're going to be thrown, they could be thrown behind a lot. And I got Dak Prescott as my leader for passing yards. You know, he's good to go for week one. I know his shoulder had, he had some MRIs on that. But I think with Gallup, CD, and Amari, there's weapons to throw to. It's just their defense is going to kind of hold them back from being able to run the ball late game situations. So I think they might have to throw the ball a few times. So I got Dak Prescott as my passing leader. All right. Well, it's funny because as I was just kind of winging it, I wasn't putting him or Dak Prescott as a passing leader. Uh, My true passing yards leader here is, uh, Patrick Mahomes, simply for the case of 
Who's he that? had an extra game, you know, and he had over 4,700 yards last season. And they have a pretty decent schedule where they could be, you know, fighting to get an extra couple touchdowns here or there. And it's just Patrick fucking Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, he, I can see him being uh, this year's passing yards leader with over 5,000 passing yards. Yeah. Easily. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, touchdowns. Passing touchdowns. This one I got Mahomes because <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Do you have Prescott? I have Prescott <laughs> because he has so many options, and Zeke is just the ultimate like fucking receiving running back, you know, in that offense. It, oh. It's just yeah, that's funny. Uh, I'm glad we're kind of on the same page with that one too, man. Fuck yeah. off! Stop looking at my shit. <laughs> uh, running back, rushing yards. I got Dalvin Cook. Uh, uh Dalvin Cook, eh? Yeah, no, that's a that's a very safe pick. If he stays very healthy. Safe. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's the one thing. If he stays healthy, I could easily see that. Yeah. But I I I I can't see him staying healthy. And uh for my rushing yard leader, I have Nick Chubb. Yeah, that was that was one guy I was thinking of picking. I was like, Nick Chubb, he's been up there. I just like that backfield committee. I was like, maybe Hunt just maybe he just has a game and then he's RB one that game and Chubb just gets, you know, that's just like what scared me away from that. But you know, I could see Nick Chubb getting it too. Uh, rushing touchdowns. I got your boy, Alvin Kamara. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Say I have Alvin Kamara as well. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, with uh, like with new news coming about um, Latavius Murray, you know he might get cut tomorrow. Really? Yeah, because Tony Jones Jr. Uh, I don't know if you heard of this guy, but uh, he's been fucking balling. It's holes hard, and it it's almost like a little bit beefier version of yeah. Alvin Kamara. Okay. And he can receive as well, and pff, I I fucking love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got Kamara for uh, rushing touchdowns, and so do you. Uh, yep. Shifting over to wide receiver receiving yards, I got someone who was within the top five last year, who is going oh, to be a prolific target. Don't tell me we have the same fucking guy again, man. Three, two. One Ridley, DK Metcalf. Oh. oh, okay, yeah, I I like yours as well, Calvin. Rid- I thought we were gonna have the same one. I was like, oh, ah, come fuck. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even with Kyle Pitts, I think Pitts is gonna be more of a red zone guy, and I think Calvin Ridley is gonna be like between the twenties, the twenties, yeah, kind of thing. So I got Ridley for receiving yards. You got Metcalf, uh, uh, touchdowns. Just... All right, now this. This one, I'm also going to give how many numbers to, or how many touchdowns this guy's going to get. Give me Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah. I don't mind that one. Clearly Herbert's favorite target. Guy's a red zone threat. You know, uh, between the 20, uh, not between the 20s, between the 20 and the goal line. And outside of the 20s. Yeah. And outside of the, like, yeah. No, clearly the favorite target. And uh, Keenan Allen. Watch him over for 17 touchdowns. And his route running is so good, man. 
It's so crisp. You yeah. look at that and you're like, damn, it's I so just came. I, I just got Adams going back to back. I think he's going to get, I think he's going to lead the league again. I just think he's like, you know, that last dance between him and Rodgers. I just think Adams is going to, he's not going to miss a beat in my opinion. Okay. See, it's so hard. Uh, I kind of been, I, I was scared. I was scared away by this, but who was the number one receiver going into last season last year? Not Graham, but Michael Thomas, you know? And what happened with Michael Thomas? Kind of like not the same story written, but it was obviously not even that, but it was obviously Drew Brees' last season, right? And I don't think this is Rodgers' last season, though. It's just the last season with Green Bay. But it's his last season. Exactly. Exactly. No, but that I think season without the thing is though is Breeze was shot and Rogers isn't. That's very true. That's very true. I uh, and Thomas Thomas was battling injury too. Yeah, especially in the first game against Tampa. Yeah, there's a lot of thing with Thomas. I think he's better than what he did last year. But the one thing is, when do you think the last time a receiver has gone back to back number one overall receiver? I'll give you a hint. It's fucking never. I don't think he's <laughs> other, gonna. I don't think he, like Jerry Rice or Calvin Johnson. I don't think he's gonna be like the number one receiver, but like they're down in the red zone a lot, and you see him getting those quick cuts. He could. Yeah. Like and that's I, very I don't true think too. I don't think he's gonna have the amount of touchdowns he had last year, but I think he's 18. gonna. Lead, I don't think I think he's gonna lead the league again. Just it's very possible. Opinion. Yeah, no, that that's very possible. Because like watch Green it, Bay didn't get any exceptional wide receiver talent in the offseason once again. Like they got Rodgers. The bring back Ron Cobb. Yeah. Um, you know that guy. <laughs> he's like the oldest, youngest player ever. I keep yeah, thinking literally. he's like I keep thinking he's like forty years old, but like he just surpassed. He's 30. just turned thirty. Yeah. yeah. No, that's like, crazy. But yeah, I got Devontae Adams. I don't know. It was just a safe pick for me. Uh defense. Now, this is defensive player, not total defense, but the most sacks. Who do you think is going to get the most sacks in the league? All right. I looked at people who had a bad offensive line in divisions, and I looked at people who had a great defensive line in division uh, divisions. And uh, if you're telling me Miles Garrett doesn't get to Big Ben at least six times between the two games they play, you're insane. You're telling me he doesn't get to Burrow at least six times? That's 12 sacks in four games. Get yeah, Miles Miles Garrett, 21 sacks. Cash money. Yeah, I got Miles <laughs> Garrett too. Yeah. I think this is his year. I don't know. And they got Jadavian Clowney, so they just have another player that the exactly. offensive line has to look forward to, right? Yeah, and the interior D is just stacked with run stoppers. So, yeah. Miles Garrett, just have a fucking day. Exactly. Um, most interceptions. I'll let you take this one first because I, I think you're going to like who I have. Now, this player is on a team who I think they're going to be up a lot of games and teams are going to be forcing throws. And I think he's just like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And I got Jair Alexander. Mm. That's fair. So That's fair. I, I like that narrative. Them being up a bunch of uh, 
for a bunch of games and, you know, having to pass. Uh, yeah. I took kind of like a different route. I went with the number two option in the cornerback room, but a fucking stud. All right. Uh, give me JC Jackson. That guy proved last year that yeah. he is an absolute baller. And when Gilmore's locking down the number one, who are they going to throw it to? The number two. But who's guarding every number two? JC Jackson is. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm not going to say that he's going to have a field day going up against New Orleans, but he could have a field day going up against New Orleans in uh, week three or whatever it is. So, yeah. <laughs> I think his toughest test is going to be um, Tampa because Chris Godwin, exactly, yeah. Mike Chris Evans, Godwin and that's Antonio a, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no. And our, uh, our last one. And now this one kind of might be a little harsh, but first coach to get fired. <laughs> um, just because this league is out on head coaches so fast and so quick. Uh, it's Zach Taylor. For the Bengals? For the Bengals. Damn. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I don't want to put Houston in there. I don't want to put Jacksonville in there. Kind of a hot take. Plus, it's their first year. Zach Taylor, I think him not drafting Sewell or not like pushing for Sewell is going to come back to bite him in the ass. And when they're 2-8, and eight, that's just – see you later, Taylor. See ya. We don't need you for the rest of the fucking seven games here. Interesting. Okay. My honorable mention was John Gruden. I don't think they fired him because they hired him for too much money. Uh, yeah, but it's Vegas. Yeah. I got uh, Kingsbury for Arizona. Ooh, Cliff Kitchens, eh? Yeah. It's just <laughs> so, like, two straight disappointing seasons. And I think if, if it wasn't for that D-hop catch against Buffalo. It's a totally different story for them. Yeah. And I think it's going to – it doesn't help that he's in a tough, defi- tough division. But – I think it's just going to be, you know what, different coach. And it's yeah. not going to be a worrisome because I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. A lot of people say he's overrated. I don't think he's overrated. And I just I don't think it's going to be a huge problem with another coach coming in and being like, no, Kyler Murray's not my guy. I think Kyler Murray's a lot of people's guy. I think he mm-hmm. can help that team win. It's just, I don't know, Kingsbury, I think he – I think he's going to get fired. I don't know. My other guy was Mike McCarthy because he just sucks as a oh, head coach. Fuck, yeah, that's a good pick too. So, <laughs> But um, no, that wraps up this preview episode. But we do have one question for Time for the Press. It came in via your girl up in Kamloops. Shay Aldana sent in a question. Who will be the day one quarterback starter? Mac Jones or Cam Newton? <laughs> oh boy. Uh I'll let you, you know, save your little spiel for the end, but uh after everything that I've been kind of seeing, um day one starter, just because Belichick gave Newton the money. Excuse me, you know what? Cam, go out there and fucking start one game. I don't give a shit. Uh if you do poorly. Then Mac Jones, your uh, second week starter. But if you do good, we'll ride the hot hand. Yeah. 
I think it's going to be Cam Newton on a short leash. Yes. Like, I think Cam Newton starts just because Bill's like, I paid you $14 million. Like, please at least try and play good. Mm -hmm. Because you don't pay a guy $14 million to be a backup. Like, I think you pay him to be a starter. And I think he's guaranteed. Yeah. And I think he's going to give Mac Jones a bit more time to kind of sit back and just learn. So, yeah, I think Cam Newton will be the day one starter in New England. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty uh pretty fucking out there question. I I love that question. Yeah. Oh man. Man, Hayden, what a fun episode. Football season is right around the corner. Next week we will be covering the NFC and our season awards and Super Bowl predictions. So listeners and viewers, be sure to tune in for that. Hayden, where can the people find you? Ah, man, you know, it's pretty much the usual these days. Instagram, Hayden underscore Barton. Uh, yeah, look at look out for uh, your boy just absolutely chilling. Uh, entering a lot of fantasy leagues this year. Yep. And uh, loving every single fucking one of them, honestly. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this year, man. Can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely exciting, man. Yeah, fantasy, always excited for it. Never really do that good, but I'll join <laughs> every single year anyway. But uh, guys, you know where to follow me. I plug them at the beginning, but I will state them again. Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, Twitter at JevinLefave, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. Um, YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy, And viewers, be sure to give a like on the video. I really hope you guys are enjoying the full video podcasts. I think they're a different perspective in terms of listening and consuming the content, but be sure to give that a subscribe and be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Intro, outro music, uh, Savage by Tom Ivory and Six Man. Be sure to check out their music everywhere you get it. And Hayden, once again, this is fun. We're going to be seeing each other next episode, previewing the NFC and Super Bowl picks and season awards. So listeners, get ready for that one. And yeah, this is super fun. Super exciting. Let's fucking go. (laughs) You heard the man. We will see you guys next time. Stay sweet. I just got to let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion. I just really loved how you get low. But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty, and we're being ten toes, ten toes. I, I, I just gotta let go, call me a Benzo, paid all cash, I won't take no.